name. Come on, let's give him the praise today. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's what this world needs. And that's what our families need. And that's what every soul needs. Thank God for Jesus. Leviticus chapter 10, we're close to finishing this series. Leviticus chapter number 10. How many are thankful for the Bible? God's holy word. Verse number one. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein, put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. Here's where we want to concentrate today. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it. Say those three words with me. This is it. That the Lord spake, saying. Next two words. Yeah, some of you are good at English, but not math. All right. Next, next two words saying, I will. Say it again. I will. Be sanctified in them that come nigh being before all the people. Next two words. I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. This morning for, for the help of the Holy Spirit of God, I want to concentrate on, on this thought. If you will not, he will. Here's, here's, here's Christianity. Here's, here's, here's where strange fires is messing us up. We're saying, I will not. God's saying, I will. Our Father, we pray you add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Do a great work in the service today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I appreciate your standing. For all of you that had your stopwatches on, you can count how long I had you standing. The devil will have you stand a whole lot longer in church wheel with, with fewer complaints. Anyway, Leviticus chapter 10. God says, I will. I will. For weeks we have looked at this series addressing the subject of strange fire, defining it pretty simply from verse number one, which he commanded them not. It's a matter of disobedience. I'm convinced that there are enough complicated things in life than the need to make the simple ones complicated. There's a lot in life that's complex, that's difficult to understand, that, that takes a lot of training. Some, sometimes, for some of us, our mental capacity to do some things is just not in us. How many of you have, have determined some things in life that just not meant for you to do? All right. 
You're not cut out for it. You're not wired that way. And those are difficult challenges in life. When it comes to understanding the offense of strange fire, it's not a difficult one. It's simply stepping outside of God's instructions. It's it's daring to tread down the pathway of disobedience, assuming nothing will happen. I was sitting in the barber chair last night, had a long day, and so I pushed it to late in the evening, and I have a, a barber that's, that's, that's gracious with me. And, and so I was sitting there, and we were just talking and talking and talking and talking, and, 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 and somebody ran in the shop and said, hey, you, 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 are you driving a black truck? And I said, yes, they're taking your car, they're taking your car. And so I got out, cape on everything, and I'm trying to move, and he's saying, he's saying, hurry up and run. I said, I can't, I can't. So, so I'm trying to get up to him, and the, the truck was on the tow truck, and uh, they riding away. I mean, the parking lot's full, and so everybody's scrunching to find a park, and, and obviously somebody from another business had called and said there's a car there, so the Truck's up there, and the guy says, we're, we're taking it away. And, of course, here comes the wheeling and dealing. Excuse the pun. But he, we get across the street, and he says, this $50 fee. If you pay it, I drop the truck. If you don't, I charge you $230. So I prayed about it, and I paid $50. <laughs> uh, my barber said to me, next time, Pat, I said, oh, don't worry about that. Ain't going to be no next time. You will not find my car there. Now, listen, there were other cars there. I've put my car there before. But that night, it got towed. How many of you know sometimes we need a wake-up call in order to wake up? Here's the problem. Some Christians ain't got wake up, woke up yet. You didn't just start doing strange fire. You got a business doing it. But you're still breathing. And you still got a doctor's report that's pretty clear. And you still got a job. And you still got money in the bank. You still got a house. And your life's still seemingly good. So you think it's okay to keep offering strange. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to tell you that responding to the judgment of God is wise. The Bible says the simpler made wise when the scorners are punished. React. Listen, when Ananias and Sapphira brought an offering and lied about the offering and God killed both of them at the doorsteps, the Bible says fear went about in the church of God. So everybody else took offerings. Listen to me. It's wise to respond to judgment. But ladies and gentlemen, it is not a pattern of Christianity that sustains itself. You cannot spend your whole Christian life waiting for a wake-up call, responding to it, dying back down, and needing another. That's That's what the Jews did in their repetitive process of making mistakes, getting judged, getting right, and making the same mistakes again. The Christian life has to be lived this way. Not I'm going to do right because God just slapped me upside the head. I'm going to do right because it's right, and disobeying God should not be common or acceptable. However, when we bypass that premium way of Christian living, We arrive where Nadab and Abihu unfortunately arrived. The consuming fire had not been sustained, which was point one. They offered strange fire because the right fire they didn't keep going. I remind you this morning, the best way to not offer strange fire is to keep God's fire burning. 
the current farce was from a wrong source. Now we're out. We've not done what it takes to maintain spirituality, so now we've got to drum up carnality. Because we don't want to look like we don't have any fire. Come on. I mean, we have too much pride to walk around with no fire. So the next best, next best thing to real fire is perpetrated fire. I'd submit to you that no fire is better than fake fire. Thirdly, the Christian is not serious. Step by step, we went down the process of sanctification for the priests, mirroring it practically to our expectation as priests of God. Remember, we made this very clear in Scripture. The high priest or the priest in this instance represented the people in the presence of God. You and I don't need a priest because Jesus, our high priest, went into the presence of God and broke down that wall of partition. That veil has been rent. Listen, there used to be a veil in between the high priest entering the Holy of Holies and the mercy seat. That high priest would go beyond the veil because he was the only one that was allowed. But the Bible says on the cross of Calvary when Jesus died, the veil was rent in an instant. And by the way, if you will study the history of that veil, it was built so thick, you you would not rend a veil like that. You couldn't rip it from top to bottom. It was so thick. But the power of the cross was thicker than the thickness of the veil. And Jesus, vicarious atonement on the cross, which means substitutionary, satisfactory death on the cross, was so powerful, it ripped the veil. And by the way, when that veil was ripped, you weren't going to sew it back together again. Jesus was making the statement to say, I have gone into the presence of my Father. I have paved a way. I have solidified and secured access and now because I the high priest have gone on the behalf of all of the sinners I have shed my own blood I have made a way that excuse me whereby every sinner can approach a holy God so now you and I Hebrews chapter 4 have the boldness let me slow down just a little bit <clears throat> mm -hmm. my brain tells me one thing my body tells me another and I'm trying to get the body to listen to the brain and the body said boy the brain better listen to me so anyway Jesus says, I've gone into the presence of God. I've given the access. And now, Hebrews chapter number four, we have the boldness to go into the presence of God and make our petitions known. Peter says, we are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, and a holy nation. Well, I want to preach through that at some point. Good night. A royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation. I'm trying to ask you this week, did you act like royalty, peculiarity, and holiness? Well, hello, Wanda. I didn't even know you were here today. I was going to say... You look just like a lady named Wanda in our church. God bless you, Sister Congo. Amen. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Anything that's not royal and holy and peculiar is, not, is, is, is strange fire. So here's where I want to close. And we aren't going to take long on it because it's not one of these, you know, feel-good messages. But messages that aren't feel-good have their stronger effect after they're over than when they're happening. So maybe if I preach the message shorter, you get to applying it quicker. Because the truth of the matter is, it's not what happens in church, it's what we do with what we got while we were there. The consuming fire has not been sustained. Is that a long sentence? Can you handle it? Let's try it. The consuming fire has not been sustained. Say it with me. The consuming fire has not been sustained. 
Number two, the current farce, that's an invitation, an insult, is from the wrong source. Ready? The current farce is from the wrong source. Say it. The current farce is from the wrong source. It's a pretty easy one. The Christian focus is not serious. Everybody? everybody? The Christian focus is not serious. Now, here's the fourth one. Here's what I want you to write down. The consequential fate is severe. No, 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 no. You don't have to say it, but I'm glad at least three of you can. Amen. Here's what I want us to go home with today. Things don't turn out well when you offer strange friends. I got a couple of texts from a couple of preachers this week. Disheartening. A preacher I used to preach with, good friend of mine. We've, we've had good times together. We, we, were at a, we were at conferences at their inception 20 years ago, preaching together. God saved him out of a life of hip-hop. White guy, the rhythm. I mean, he, could, he really could rap. He was pretty good. I saw an interview this week with Benny Hinn talking about how mistaken he was all these years. And now he's come over and sided with Benny Hinn on the gifts of the Spirit and healing. He was cited recently calling, at least implying that autistic children were demon-possessed. Now, there are levels in life like, like misinformed, confused, ignorant, naive, and then stupid. He's, he has degraded all the way down to stupid. I love him. What happened? He started messing around with strange fire. I heard about a preacher that you've heard him sing on songs. Remember, remember, remember Carlton Pearson? About that one? That the little lady used to give him a dollar. You yet holding on? And keep on holding on, then, baby. Uh, he sang by and by when the morning comes. The whole gospel sing. Years later, came out and said he, he was wrong. There really isn't a hell. You know what that is? Strange fire. Pastor, why are you calling stuff out? So that you don't become the next example. The the, the pathway to strange fire doesn't happen overnight. But it always begins with willful disobedience. I'm concerned about the differentiation amongst Christians in what sins are major and what sins are minor. And what sins are really dangerously flirting with catastrophe and other sins that are just little stuff we do. Listen to me. Willful disobedience is an acceleration to outright rebellion. 
preacher called me a couple of days ago. He said, I'm pastoring. I'm preaching through a passage of Scripture. How do, I, how do I meet out this passage of Scripture with different people in my church that are at different levels? And some of them just got saved. And some of them have been saved by, for, for the, a long time. And how do I tell this person he grows differently than this? I said, here's what you tell him. You tell him it's not about where you are compared to anybody else. It's about where you're living compared to what you've learned. So I don't have to go around the building and say, you, here's where you need to be, here's where you need to be, here's where you need to be. We don't have time for that. But what I can say to everybody at the same time, like I watched Benny Hinn try to heal a whole auditorium at one time. He took his hand and went all the way across. And everybody started falling out. And I'm not joking. There's people believing that. I wish I could heal. I wish I could. We would, these prayer requests I gave you this morning, we, they wouldn't be on the list. They'd be healed. I'd spend my whole week healing people. I can't. I tell you, I can't heal, but I can pray. So here's what, here's what you've got to commit to in the level of Christianity. You've got to commit to as I learn it, I will live it. As I learn it, as I live it. I get light, I'll use that light. I get light, I'll use that light. I use the light I got, God will give me more light. I can't ask for more light when I ain't using the, more, the light I already have. Don't ask mama for more potatoes when I still got potatoes on the plate. This is what, don't, don't, somebody, somebody in here is looking at Leviticus chapter 10 and say, you know, God's a little harsh there. Not for priests. They knew before they started, don't play with this. They played. Now stop playing if you don't want to pay. There's a level of mediocrity a lack of gravity, an inebriation of casualness when it comes to the work of God that's killing the effect of Christianity. And it is showing up everywhere. It's showing up in our worship. It's showing up in our, in our attitudes. It's showing up in our dress. It's a lack of seriousness when it comes to the things of God. When you get right with God, there is not an area of your life that doesn't get more serious. So write this down and then we'll, we'll go home. Well, we have some things to do, but we'll, we'll be closer to going home. Leviticus 10. Here's what happens. 2A. When the consequential fate is severe, here's what happens when you offer strange fire. Number one, supreme rejection. Number two, subsequent repercussions. And then number three, a straightforward reminder. Let me say it again. You talk to me if you had it written down. Number one, a supreme rejection. Number two, subsequent Repercussions in number three, a straightforward reminder. Here's 2A. Fire from the Lord and devoured them. Listen, fire coming down wasn't a bad thing. It had come, it had come down a few chapters before. But the fire that came down a few chapters before, before was fire of acceptance and approval. 
the fire that comes down in chapter 10 is fire of rejection. I call it supreme rejection because, ladies and gentlemen, you have gone down to the bottom of bottoms when you are being rejected by God. We were talking the other day, and we were talking about the universal need of every individual is for acceptance. Everybody wants to be accepted, and everybody can be accepted. Aren't you glad, no matter what color you are, what size you are, what background you are, what side of the tracks you're from, what zip code you were born in, that God will accept you as his child if you trust him as your personal Lord and Savior. So let's not call God prejudiced. Let's not call God stereotypical. Let's not call God partial. Let's not say that God has favorites. If you're here today and you're alive, God loves you for you. Amen. But he don't have to reject. He don't have to accept nonsense. What does it feel like to be rejected by God? That's been happening from generation to generation. Cain often was rejected. And here are the repercussions, subsequent repercussions. repercussions. Fire came from God. Here's the repercussion. They died. Strange fire is the segue to death. James, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's the problem. We got biblical principles that are timeless and true, just as timeless and true as God is himself. They're real, they're right, they're reproducing, they are relevant, they will not change. And yet we are trying to, with perpetuated sin, change biblical principles. Listen, sins going to kill, sin's going to kill, sin's going to kill, sin's going to kill. I don't care how popular it is, how pervasive it is, how prevalent it is. I don't care how many people are doing it. I don't care how politically charged and accept. I don't care how many people say it's fine, how many laws say it's okay, how many bathrooms say y'all both can use it. Sin will kill. It will. It will. And there's a straightforward reminder. This is it. Verse 3, I will be. I will be. Here's the I wills. I will be sanctified. I will be glorified. I will be sanctified. I will be glorified. Huh? Sanctified is the position we have God. Glorified is the praise and preeminence we give God. Watch this now. Here's what God said. I'm going to be in my proper place whether you put me there or not. Huh? Watch this now. I don't have to be God in your house. But watch this now. I'm going to be God in your house. You don't have to put me God in your mind. I'll put myself God in your mind. You don't have to make me Lord. I'll make myself Lord.
you going to do it? Or does God have to? I'm talking to men, women, boys, and girls, husbands, wives, children, ministry leaders, lay people, old people, young people, balcony, floor, and online. You will or God will? Now watch this now. Somebody got to die in Leviticus 10. Huh? Sin, when it is finished, bring it forth. Now, let me throw you in something that you came to a church where you can get a little extra credit tidbits here that you might not get at another church. Somebody got to die in Leviticus 10. Watch this now. God ain't going to die. God ain't going to die. Look. Watch this now. Somebody's got to win. Somebody got to lose. See, that was a problem for me. Daddy said, let's go. Daddy, can we go downstairs and play ping pong? He said, yeah, we can play ping pong, son. We go down and play ping pong. But the problem was somebody had to lose. And inevitably, I ended up being that somebody. So I didn't, so I didn't, I didn't want to stop playing. Let's play again. I know it's on the basketball court when you're playing pickup ball. The team that wins go get water. The team that loses, check it back up. Because you want to get the taste out of your mouth as quick. Listen, somebody's got to, now listen, in the regular season, you can have a tie. But in the playoffs, we play till somebody, listen, I'm trying, somebody help me preach. Somebody's got to win. Can I give you something extra at Crossroads Baptist Church? God ain't going to lose. Now let's quit playing games with God. Quit playing games with God. God's tired of it. And you ain't going to change till you get tired of what God's tired of. I mean, there's some Christian people need to get in this book every single day, quit skipping and hit and missing. Some of you need to string together four weeks in a row in church. Consistent. You ain't going to get good at nothing if you can't do it consistent. You're providentially kept back from being here. But most people that miss church are not providentially kept back. They've created a habit. The consequences are severe. You need to pray every day. You need God every day. Whether you do online or you write it down on it, you need to give 52 weeks out of the year, not because the church needs your money, but because you need God's blessing. Clean the mouth up, clean the mind up, clean the marriage up. Some of you single adults need to walk with God by yourself, lest you mess up somebody else's life in marriage. We have to, we have to take God seriously. You won't. He will. Now listen here. Everybody in the building, just about, was relevant last Sunday, right? Because we need God to move mountains. Let's see how serious you are this week when it comes to not playing games with it. Because Leviticus 10 is just as much biblical as moving mountains in the gospel. And may God help all of us need to step up our serious level about the things of God. Satan is luring us to catastrophe by downplaying 
the gravity of the Christian life. And if I had a dollar for every time I hear a Christian say, what's the big deal? It's not that serious. It's not that bad. Give me a break. You're blowing it out of proportion. Of course, when we've gotten guilty of it. The Bible has not changed. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to get serious. All of us. I'm preaching to all of us. Now, Father, we pray that you help us. We look at two guys that were set apart to be priests. What an office. And instead of being priests in the tabernacle, they ended up being corpses in the text. God, help us. Help us not to play games with God. All over the building, Pastor, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Would you raise your hand? Saved by the reasons to prove it. I'm going to heaven. All over the building. Thank you. Put your hands down. Pastor, I'm I'm admitting before God, I need to be more serious about God. Would you put your hand up? God bless you. God bless you. Now, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar and do something about it. Make some commitments. And get serious. Last question. Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I don't want to go to hell. If that's you, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I do not want to go to hell. Would you raise your hand? Now, before you stand, if God's spoken to your heart and you want to do something about it, why don't you come find your place on the altar and join others? It's time to make some moves. Standing together. As others are coming, let's stand together. And Father, help us. Nothing looks that bad until it ends in misery. It's just a casual relationship that ends up being a a horrible one. The loss of purity and the, the theft of innocency. It doesn't seem that bad. Does it begin in disobedience? It's it's not going to turn itself around. That which is not of faith is what? Sin. So I have to be able to have credible faith in the truth to do it for God to sanction it.
And I have to start making my Christian life that way. And I want to hold myself to that standard, biblically. We're so committed to so many things, but God. We don't miss social media, we don't miss ball practice, we don't miss the gym. We miss God. We miss time with God. And wonder why we're productive in every every area but the one that matters the most. And here he says, I will be sanctified. I will be glorified. And by the way, I didn't say this phrase, in them that come nigh me. In other words, he doesn't hold the world to his highest standard, but for those that are trying to come up in my presence, he said, I will be sanctified. I will be glorified. And Father, help us, all of us, me included. We're serious about this. As serious about you, God, as you are about me. May you be sanctified and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God the praise that he deserves.